0: Yeah.
1: Welcome to another edition of Bucky's 5th Podcast, where we cover everything Wisconsin athletics. My name is Tyler Hunt. Today, we're going to hop right into our NFL draft coverage for this weekend. And to do that, we're going to be joined by Owen Reese, our very own B5Q writer, part of the Shrine Bowl scouting team, kind of our NFL draft guru, offensive line expert, a little bit of everything. Owen's very insightful, one of the smartest draft minds that I know, and we always love having him on. And him and I talked for about 45 minutes about the prospects for Wisconsin football. We talked about all the top guys like Leo Chennault, Jake Ferguson, some value guys, maybe a steal and Matt Henningsen, as well as a former Badger quarterback that he thinks might go a little bit higher in the NFL draft than many of us maybe do. So it's really a fun, insightful conversation. We always appreciate having Owen on. Like I said, one of the smartest football minds I know. X's and O, scouting, development—he's graded it all, and we're very lucky to have him as part of the B5Q team as well. So, in terms of news, everything else like that, we're just going to save that for later in the week. Not a ton going on, a few things to update you on, but certainly things that can wait. Go ahead and dive right into everything NFL Giraffe coverage. But before we do that, guys, I've got to talk to you about home field apparel. We've talked about Home Field quite a bit on this podcast, and they're a great sponsor of ours. And If you're looking for some new gear, some new stuff, some new t-shirts, sweatshirts, it's getting to be summer season. You need those nice tees that fit well, incredibly soft when it's hot. Make sure to go out and check out homefieldapparel.com. They just announced a big new Saturday. Season 4 returns in May, and they say it might just be their biggest one yet. So make sure to go check that out. Check out their Wisconsin gear. They've also got some new refreshes that have just dropped. Colorado, Xavier, West Virginia, Houston, all coming up over the course of the next week or so. So make sure to go over to homefieldapparel.com. I must say, two new Colorado Buffalo t-shirts is one that you might wanna add to your collection. I love the city of Boulder and I love uh, the the collection that they've got over there. So make sure to go check that out, homefieldapparel.com. All right, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into our NFL draft coverage with Owen Reese. All right, Badger fans, we are now joined by Owen Reese, our NFL draft correspondent, our little bit of everything. I mean, Owen does, uh, writes for B5Q, does some scouting, was down at, wh- what pro day were you at most recently?
0: Uh, I was at the UW pro day um, on March 9th. Uh, I was also down at the the Whitewater pro day, the local pro day. Um, and then I was, uh, yeah, I scouted for the East West Shrine Bowl. So I was yeah, that's what I was
1: thinking. of Shrine Bowl. I was trying to think of the name um but yeah so nfl draft correspondent does a little bit of everything right has some great write-ups on b5q right now going over all of our different uh, player profiles for the nfl draft so if you haven't read up on those make sure to go check those out as well as uh, check out his twitter account he's got all sorts of great nfl draft coming up and the draft is going to be here before we know it this will probably be dropping on um, on monday so you're going to be having the draft starting up on thursday so all sorts of stuff getting ready for the NFL draft. I'm excited. I know as a Packer fan, I'm anticipatedly looking at where the bat or where the Packers are going to be at. But right now we're going to focus solely in on some Wisconsin Badgers, because I think there's certainly some interesting conversations to have around a lot of these guys. And why don't we just start, with, uh, we'll start at the top. I presume that Leo Chanel is probably in terms of your rankings. I don't think your, art, your article about like your, I, th- I saw in our, our uh, B5Q kind of wor- our desk, that you had one kind of mock drafting all the Badgers. And I, I, I kind of cheated a little bit because I took a look at that before we started interviewing. But I presume Leo Chanel's your highest rated Badger on, on your board that you work up. So what do people at the pro level like and, and kind of maybe, I don't want to say dislike, but what are maybe some negatives, positives and negatives on Leo Chennault?
0: Uh, Yeah, so you were correct in that assumption. Um, I think he'll be the highest drafted Badger. So he is like a fascinating case study of like mixing in the, if this was 1995, he would be a top 10 pick. And also the, like the, the, the archetype that goes with that comment is the, like a, like a Shane Scove or I don't know if you guys remember like Brandon Spikes from Florida or like these, like, big thumping inside linebackers that can't run and like are just these a gap and b gap pluggers and that's all they do and they can't cover anybody and so like leo chanel is like the modern day equivalent of that but like is also a freak athlete um so he's uh like he's, he's a very interesting guy so like he's six three six two and a half six three he was listed this year at 261 pounds um for the badgers which not only made him the heaviest inside linebacker in the country for college football he was the heaviest inside he would have been the, had the heaviest inside linebacker in the nfl so it did not surprise me when he rolled into the combine and he was 249 so that that makes some more sense right mm-hmm. even that's on the higher end of modern day football right like as much as it like makes me die inside and pains me <laughs> to say every day that um you know, these like 220 pound inside linebackers, right? Like, but so even that he's on the the extreme high end of the weight. However, he also had stupid athletic testing, right? Like ran a four, five at 249 pounds under four second, short shuttle under seven second, three cone at the pro day, like a 10 foot broad jump, a, a 40 inch vertical at 250 pounds. And he benched 34 times. Right. So like this is a guy has like maxed out all of his athletic and physical capabilities at a super high weight. So now he's extremely explosive. Um, and what was curious to me was the, the three cone kind time, right? So you, like some people call it an L drill and, and this makes for awful podcast content, but like it's, it's kind of shaped like an L and you'll go up five yards and back and then back up those same five yards. You'll take a right around a cone Go 10 yards, loop around that cone and come back, right? So it turns into a big L essentially. And for him to do that under seven seconds was impressive to me because if you watch Leo Chanel play, outside of all the splash plays and all that stuff, everything he does is moving forward, right? It's very linear. He doesn't do he's not the like quote unquote sideline to sideline linebacker, right? Like Jim Leonard does a very good job of they get a ton of production out of the inside linebackers, but they also don't ask them to do anything that they can't do, right? So like when the Badgers defense is good, the inside linebackers have a ton of pass rush, right? Like Leo Chanel and Jack Sanborn are constantly looping, twisting, blitzing, right? Like on these stunts, and they're keeping them attacking going forwards, right? So Leo Chanel is extremely explosive, linearly And so, like, even at 250 pounds, it's I'm gonna be curious to see because, like, I don't think a team can draft him and then go ask him to go cover a running back in the slot, right? Like, that's just not a position for him to succeed. Um, Wisconsin does a good job of not asking their guys to be do things they can't do. um, Outside of probably their secondary guys cover Ohio State's receivers, but like, (laughs) right? But outside of that, like, the the scheme is fairly friendly for the inside linebackers. And so, Leo Chanel is my highest rated badger and from an athletic standpoint and like a profile standpoint he is anything and everything how you would draw up a linebacker to uh kind of like close the gap between 1995 and 2022 right but I think he's going to need a fairly specific and niche role in the NFL to like optimize what he is and allow him to like get everything out of what he is. And so while I think, I think he'll end up being like a second or third round pick, he's got to, he's has to, he's like one of the fewer, like he has to go to the right spot, right? Like Jake Ferguson, Jack Sanborn, some of those guys, like they might go to a team and they might not be in the necessarily the perfect spot, but like their baseline skill set and functionality will be enough to like get by, right? But like mm-hmm. Leo Chanel to me is, like, so if he goes to New England, right. And he can learn and basically be, be the new Dante Hightower. That's perfect. Right. Like Hightower is like one of the few still heavy inside linebackers in the NFL. And he's very run heavy. Um, blitz is a lot a gaps, right? Like interior run game attacking. That's fine. Like if a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers or like the Green Bay Packers were to draft Leo Chanel, that would freak me out. Because their linebackers, they want a lot of lateral coverage, right? Like watch Devondre Campbell, right? He's all over the field. He's a completely different type of athlete and player than Leo Chanel, right? So like that kind of freaks me out for him. I have no doubt that like he's going to like blow up and do whatever he can. But like he's an odd case. That's probably the best way I can say it. That's a very long version for probably what could have been a short answer. But he's he's a unique study because he's hyper-athletic, but I think his skill set doesn't necessarily belie that athleticism and wisconsin didn't ask him to do anything he can't do um i think like the next time i see him in man-to-man coverage will be the first time right so like one of those things where i'm curious to see how his projection to the nfl goes but like from a size and athleticism standpoint he is as blown it out of the water or he's anything that the nfl wants
1: yeah, I'm glad that you said that because I saw somebody, I don't know who it was, but it was a mock draft and, and Leo, it was like Leo Chennault to the Packers in third round. And I kind of was like, I don't know if I like that simply because I like Leo Chennault. He's a phenomenal badger and I had a ton of fun watching him, but I saw that it just didn't seem like a perfect fit in, into that system and, and where he's going. And I, I don't know any of the X and O's like you do. So it, it seems like almost a high risk, high reward player in that regard. So it will be interesting to see where he kind of, ends up and hopefully he does end up at that right fit because I think he seems like a pro that could be really good in the right fit but it could also be if he doesn't go to the right place but I guess that's why you do the scouting and all that to make sure that he's a fit in your system but in terms of his running mate we'll just knock Jack Sanborn out while we're talking linebackers he seems like a guy that later round kind of value pick but could still give you a lot at that pro level is that kind of where you project him as well
0: yeah, think of so like, I mean, this is this is extremely lazy, but like, think of Jack Sanborn as like Ryan Conley, right? Like a little yeah. juiced up TJ Edwards athletically. And even TJ Edwards now has settled in with the Eagles and it's kind of got his role. And that's got a nice little um, niche spot there playing Mike linebacker. But like, Jack Sanborn to me is like the typical badger steady Eddie will do whatever you tell him to do. He'll do it as well as he can he doesn't screw up he might never like splash and be a huge like play guy but he's a guy that some some three four team is going to draft to be their third inside linebacker he's going to be great on special teams he's going to be solid when he comes in in relief and he'll be a guy yeah that like kind of sticks around he's not a freak athlete by any means but he just he'll be good enough to hang around long enough i think of like um a former Badger, like Nick Grison, kind of had a similar career uh, towards one of those probably can can start in a pinch or like could eventually be work his way into a starting spot. But realistically, like if he's ever starting, it'll be a it, like the team will constantly be looking to upgrade that spot type of thing. Um, but like just solid and will do whatever you want. Um, doesn't have like is it like very maybe not a high ceiling, but a very low or has a very high floor. Um, and so that's where Sanborn is kind of that like typical, you know, we know exactly what we're going to get when we draft this Wisconsin Badger. But to me, I do think he could play Sam in a three, a uh, four, three front as well. So it gives him a little bit of scheme versatility. Um, he did really well in that spot at the East West Shrine game I was lucky enough to, to talk to him a little bit during that week. Um, and he played well down there. Um, and yeah, just, you heard a lot, you know, all the, the typical great things, good kid, hard worker picks it up quick. Um, and that's where that that Jim Leonard defense which again doesn't uh coach Leonard does a great job of not asking these guys to do things they can't do but they are very ready from a, a schematic and a structure standpoint uh of of adapting to and kind of integrating into NFL defenses so I think that Sanborn will be a probably a fifth or sixth round pick that steps in and like I said is immediately that third inside linebacker or whatever in an odd front defense and you know will we'll kind of fit right in somewhere and all of a sudden you're going to look up and like, holy crap, like Jack Sandborn just signed his second contract and he's going to be uh, a reserve linebacker and special team guy for six to eight years.
1: Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. We just talked about Leo Chanel high, high risk, high reward, maybe a little bit. It feels like Jack Sandborn is kind of the opposite where you know what you're going to get. He's going to be a solid player in the role that he's in and just carve it out for multiple seasons. So I, I think that they both just kind of fit the mold of exactly what you described. And and that's why you're the, you're the scout that knows what he's talking about. So in terms of, we talked Sanborn, he's probably, like you mentioned, a later round pick, you know, not necessarily probably as high as this guy and Jake Ferguson. He's probably well. I would, would you estimate the second badger off the board with
0: Jake? Yeah. Second or third here, here, uh, Sanborn could probably be um, those guys depending like, it wouldn't surprise me if Jake Ferguson goes in like the late third round. It also wouldn't surprise me if like he's in that fifth round area because he is the kind of similar to Sanborn from like, he'll never be a freak, but you know exactly what you're going to get. And he has a very high floor and that floor will play immediately. Um, the draft is always, it's not so much like the NBA, but there'll be guys like, it wouldn't surprise me at all. If um, a kid, like, uh, and I'll use him cause I'm familiar with him from the shrine bowl, but like Amari Rogers, or excuse me, Armani Rogers from uh, Ohio, Mm -hmm. who is a quarterback convert to tight end, who like literally his first ever snaps playing tight end were at the Shrine Bowl, um, but also ran like a 4-4 and jumped like 38 inches, right? So like if a team were to take him in the fourth or fifth round as like a complete project projection, you'd be like, oh, well, that, I mean, that kind of makes sense. And then like three picks later, they're like, yeah, Jake Ferguson goes to the Buffalo Bills. And we're like, yeah, like the exact opposite player, you know what I mean? So like I, it's he, those type of guys are always kind of tough to to project because I think like their safeness kind of hurts them almost like some teams like, I don't know, we can just get Ferguson in the sixth round, right? Like we'll, we'll take a chance on some guy that like barely knows how to play football, but could be really good in the fourth. Um, but no, he's a guy that he can fit because he's, he's never going to be like a dominating blocker, but he's a try hard blocker. Um, so, like, he could, like, play in line for teams in a pinch, those teams that, like, play still use, like, a, a heavy traditional um, in line wide tight end that wants to, like, block those six techniques and, and run some gap scheme stuff and get outside. But um, I think a team like Green Bay, really, or a team like San Francisco or Cincinnati or the Rams, teams that use those um, more used tight ends as, like, split flow move tight ends as opposed to, like, dominating blockers, that's where I think Ferguson can kind of lie. And even though he doesn't have that like big time athleticism, he's very smooth um, and, and more creative after the catch than he would probably get credit for. Uh, so those are those types of things that like hit him on a play action from, uh, you know, wide zone or outside zone and the quarterback reverses out around and they hit Ferguson on a nine yard crossing route and he takes it for 16, right? Like those are, those are like easy to project plays for him, I think. And that's where I, that, again, that, that high floor, or that safeness, might hurt him as far as a like, quote unquote draft stock. But like NFL teams are going to have like a a carbon copy. Like, boom, I know exactly how I'm going to use him. He's going to be our number two or three tight end this year, and eventually be our second. And I know exactly what he's going to be and exactly what it'll look like. Um, and and again, he'll he's he's a very sure thing, which in the NFL draft is uh, they can be hard to come by at times. So that's that's definitely not without worth.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting point when you say, you know, kind of the the safeness almost hurting him. But that that certainly makes a lot of sense for a guy like Jake Ferguson. He seems like a guy that has a a role almost kind of carved out, like you mentioned there. So certainly be a a pick that I'm interested to see. I, I really would like to see him go to someplace and have a lot of success. I know he's a fan favorite for a lot of people. And I'm sure there's a lot of Badger fans out there thinking the same thing. One guy that it doesn't seem like is getting a lot of pub in terms of draft. I think when you think of the Badger draftees, it's kind of those three that we've just talked about, but Logan Bruss, I mean, a Wisconsin offensive lineman always seems to get respect in the draft and he'll go, you know, be, go somewhere and, and be a guy that can fill in a lot of different ways. What do you make of him as a draft prospect? Where do you see? Cause I know you're of course a, an offensive lineman guy, you know, played offensive line, coached offensive line, so you know that position almost better than any. Where do you see a guy like Logan Bruss kind of projecting?
0: He's a guy uh, I, I think that is, I, I think if he would have tested maybe a little bit better in Indianapolis, it would have helped him more. Uh, he wasn't a bad athlete, but just wasn't anything to write home about, uh, which is probably fine, right? Because like I think a lot of teams are probably looking for outliers and looking for reasons to not draft guys. Um, and Logan Bruss didn't give them that, but I think he's a guy that his, his intrigue for teams will be that he played both guard and tackle. And I think he's a guard in the NFL, but his ability to play tackle in a pinch or get you out of a game at tackle. Right. Cause like the thing that's kind of tough in the NFL. And like, I think it's the common fan might not think of this, or it's, it's kind of one of the, like, but so the NFL on game day, you only dress 46 guys, right? Like it's kind of been a little bit different the last couple of years with like COVID rules and the expanded practice squads and stuff. But like, typically you only dress 46 guys. You have 53 on a main roster and you dress, you draft or dress 46, which means you're probably dressing like eight offensive linemen. Right. So like, and one of them is like a swing tackle. And one of them is probably another center. So your ability to play guard and tackle is huge. And I think that like, we saw this with the Packers in 2016, I believe when they lost to the Falcons, when they got drilled in the AFC championship game, when they went all the way there and they like, finished the game with Latroy Guyon playing guard because they were like out of offensive linemen. That's where that, that ability to play multiple positions is so huge. Um, and I think that that's what's kind of going to be Bruss's saving grace. Like we saw, I was full disclosure. I was honestly kind of surprised like to see John Dietzen get signed last year. Um, and, and a guy like in Van Landon, both really, but like both had played and, um, or Van Landen had played both tackle spots and Deetson had played both guard and tackle on the left side primarily. Um, But that was the thing where like, I was shocked to see John Deetson. Like if John Deetson gets signed, uh, I I would be shocked if Logan Bross doesn't get drafted. Um, But probably somewhere in that late day three, uh, the guy that I don't want to say like, didn't have a, he had a very good career, but like probably didn't have the same pomp and circumstance that a lot of guys prior to him had despite him, honestly, probably being about as talented as they are. Uh, truth be told, like the Badger offensive line outside of Ryan Ramchek really hasn't been, I, I hesitate to say all that good, because that's not true. But they they haven't been to the standard of, I think, what people have become accustomed to Wisconsin offensive lines being. And I think that um, Bruss is probably just as good, If he's probably better than what, like, Bo Benchall was and he's probably pretty similar to like Michael Dieter, um, but like he, he just never got that fanfare uh, d- throughout his career. But I think he's a guy he should be a solid mid to late uh, day three, late round guy who um, teams alike because he's not he's, he's not a bad athlete. He's just not an outstanding one. Which like this year, it seems like every player in the class is a freak athlete. Um, but his his ability to play guard and tackle, and his ability to both play in zone and gap schemes. Will be good um, and big for teams projection to him uh, because there's the more and more there's more zone teams in the nfl than than like so when I say I guess when I say like gap schemes, I mean more like power counter um, trap more like. designated hole type of run plays as opposed to zones where it's more read what's going on, um, and so the more he can do and, and he's shown that he can do it at Wisconsin I think that'll help him um, but yeah a late. Like I said, a late day three, probably pick, um, who will be a really nice value for some team there as a developmental lineman. But again, like I I've Logan Bruss has been kind of an odd study for me because he's been again, like he hasn't gotten the, the love or the fan for, like, I don't think he's much different than Dave Edwards and Dave Edwards, you know, like was treated like the, by the media, like he was some freak show. Um, and I'm not knocking Dave Edwards. Right. But like Logan Bruss just mm-hmm. hasn't gotten that treatment, which I've kind of found interesting.
1: Yeah, that's that's really uh an interesting one to to keep an eye on and and the other one that kind of similar to that that I I personally in, in terms of the guys that are Wisconsin guys that are going to be drafted or or you know, undrafted free agents that are fascinating. To me the one that I'm really fascinated by is Matt Henningsen because I thought he, you know Matt and I've talked about this on the podcast over this past season that we we both thought he was kind of a not disrespected player because everyone loves most badgers but a guy that was just kind of really underrated and it sounds like from you know the pro days and the numbers that he tested pretty well, and I think he could be a decent pro. So, how do you feel about his chances on the other side of the line?
0: Yeah, so Matt Heningston's a guy that we had at the game in in Las Vegas, and um, he's a like, like so walk on, started as a redshirt freshman walk on, right? Like was still mm-hmm. not on scholarship until halfway through his second year there, so. And then it has started on and off the last three years. It was a primary starter this year, but it kind of was a third D end or started or whatever. But like, it had always been big in the, like the Badger social media posts, right? Like it was always Matt Henningsen power cleaning or Matt Henningsen squatting or whatever. And then this year he comes out and he's on Bruce Feldman's freak list, which in itself, like is just a, basically like a collection of like freak athletes, right? Like that's cool. Um, not always necessarily corresponding to making him a good football player but at the very least right like a an, an interesting or an impressive physical profile and he's this year has kind of blown up I think kind of finally gotten some of that credit for doing a lot of the dirty work that the Badger D linemen do um, Keanu Benton will have plenty of fanfare next year and, and probably could have been a day two pick had he come out this year but that's a Matt Henningsen is now like I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets picked maybe even before Ferguson or Bros. Like I could see a situation where he gets picked, like if those two kind of like slipped like the fifth round or so, and, mm-hmm. and Henningsen is a, all of a sudden, like he's like, he's again, kind of a like a, it could be to be like a scheme specific guy, but like if the Indianapolis Colts, or I'd even dare say like the Chicago bears, right? Like with Matt Eberflus as their, their defensive coordinator and those hyperactive undersized defensive lines that are constantly moving and twisting and stunting and, and exchanging gaps and doing all this stuff. Henningson's a guy that's big enough, right? He's 290 pounds and plays with such a motor and he's so active. Um, and he has that athleticism to move. I think he's a guy that like, could be kind of like a sneaky darling for some teams, or it wouldn't be surprised if some Midwest scout is pounding the table for Matt Henningson in the fifth round. Um, Cause like, I'll go over some of these testing numbers. And objectively, they're pretty absurd. Like I'm, a, for a 290 pound human being, I'm honestly shocked the NFL didn't invite him to the combine, simply for the, um, like the the fanfare he would have garnered there. Okay, so keep in mind, Matt Haddison's 289 pounds. He ran a 1.67 ten yard split. Okay, Jake Ferguson ran a 1.60. 10 yard split right so that's a guy he's got by 50 pounds less than a tenth of a second ran a 407 short shuttle which was a tenth faster than danny davis he ran a 702 three cone which is the same as noah burks right and just slower than danny davis okay he had a nine foot 11 inch broad jump which is higher than Caesar Williams and Colin Wilder. (laughs) He had a 37 and a half inch vertical jump at 290 pounds, which is higher than Caesar Williams, Colin Wilder, uh, the same as Fayon Hicks and three inches higher than Jake Ferguson. Right. So like he also had 22 bench reps. Right. So like that's, that's objectively like an obnoxious, Athletic profile, all of those are in like the 80th percentile or above for a defense, an interior defensive lineman. And that 37 and a half inch vertical would have been the highest at the combine. So like he's a guy that is a pure workout warrior, but he's white in a walk-on from Wisconsin. So it's not the same, it doesn't get like the same <laughs> pub, right? But like he's a guy that's I think teams will value more than what the media has shown. Um, and he could be a, like I said, that would not surprise me at all if it goes. Um Leo Chanel and then either like Sanborn or Henningsen before Ferguson or Bruss be, because like some team will fall in love with him being hyper specific for a role that they envision on their team. Um, and, and yeah, he, he was great at the game. I felt bad. He sprained his MCL um, when he was in, during practice, I think it was the second day in Las Vegas. So he didn't end up playing in the game, um, but he hung around for the game. He was around. It was great to talk to um and a good kid and another reason a former like i think the walter campbell trophy like the academic heisman right like he's a 4.0 mechanical engineer i don't know something nerd, right but like (laughs) a great kid exemplifies everything the badger program is about um and yeah he'll he'll i would be more surprised if not if he doesn't hear his name called on on the third day of the draft um they said then then if he's an undrafted free agent
1: Yeah, I mean, freak athlete, Brainiac. What else else could you really look for in a guy like him? Andy's handsome.
0: Yeah, he's he's got it all right now.
1: Yeah, he's got everything going for him. Well, this next guy, we'll we'll still claim him as a bachelor, even though he finished up his career at Notre Dame. What do you feel are the pro prospects for Jack Cohn? Because personally, finishing up his time at Wisconsin, I, I just didn't really see it. I mean, I don't get into the NFL draft and scouting and all that, and there's certainly intangibles that he probably has. But it seems like he really improved his stock And it's probably hurts Wisconsin fans to hear this, but it seems like he improved his stock at least to me quite a bit over the last year at Notre Dame. So what do you think of the prospects for a guy like Jack
0: Cohn? Um, Jack Cohn will get drafted and it will be much higher than what Badger fans expect. I would assume Um, he's a guy, the, so Gerard Johnson was a former Texas A&M quarterback was probably pretty famous where he was the quarterback when Ryan Tannehill was a receiver at AM and eventually got benched and Tannehill took over and all that stuff. Gerard Johnson was the, the like a quality control guy for the Colts and was the quarterback's coach for the West team at the Shrine Bowl. He's now been hired. He's like an assistant quarterback's coach, um, and has, I believe, like some type of passing game coordinator title or something along those lines in Minnesota. He loved Jack Cohn because Jack Cohn is going to get you into the right play. He's experienced with that, right? Like, he's going to get you into the right play. He's going to run the play that you call. He's going to run it how you want the play that you called to be ran. He will go through the progressions. He will do the right thing. And he's hyper protective of the football, which can be to a fault almost sometimes. But, like, in a, like, I think for me, a lot of times the divider between a fan and like a coach or how a team is built is like, Entertainment, right? So, like fans will be like, Oh, like he's just boring to watch. I'd rather watch this guy play because he scrambles a lot and he takes chances, right? Which is cool and objectively makes for like entertaining television. But like unless you're Brett Favre, it's tougher to get away with making mistakes, right, than it is if you're not. And so there's a certain security and a certain level of comfort for NFL coaches when a player will do what you ask him to do, how you ask him to do it and do it at the very least, like fairly well, right? Like Jack Cohn's no world beater, but he's very solid. Um, and so he's a guy that it wouldn't surprise me. Even like I said, like now given the experience with like when we were in at the shrine game, I was like, he's going to be an Indianapolis Colt. Like there's no doubt about it to me. Right. And so now with with Johnson having that experience and being in Minnesota it would not surprise me at all given how Kellen Mond's development may or may not be happening there uh it feels like I felt like Zimmer was pretty out on him I don't know how O'Connell is going to be there um but he's a guy that would not surprise me at all if he's a fourth round pick to me he's like a jacked up uh like uh Jake Fromm from two years ago at Georgia right that like He's not very like in the scheme of things. Like he's not hyper talented for an NFL quarterback, but like he's athletic enough and he's solid enough. He's gonna be a he's not he'll never be a starter. Like right? he'll be a backup or a third quarterback. Um, but you know exactly what you're gonna get from him. And like I said, like he's gonna be a great like the he's a great guy to have in the room, guy. Right? Like he'll be that archetype that team of people talk about. Yeah, like it's a great guy to have in the room. You know, and he does does a great job, does all the little things right. Like that guy, um, but in an NFL quarterback room. And so he'll be, like I said, like I, I would be, again, I would be more surprised if he's not drafted than if he is. And I bet it's two or three rounds higher than what most Badger fans would think. He went to Notre Dame. He played in a different style. It was much more wide open there. He had surprise, more talented dudes around him, at least in the past game. Right. And was kind of, I think told to, bro, like let it fly a little bit, like have some fun. Mm-hmm. And while he certainly wasn't like looking to throw the ball away or whatever, right. Like has a, a bit more margin for error. You saw how he played with Quintez Cephas and that's the level of guy that he had like two or three of at Notre Dame. Right. So like Kevin Austin and some of those guys, Kyron Williams, the back will get drafted. They had like the best tight end in the, in the, in the country. Like they're going to be right. Like he, he kind of showed what he can be with that level of talent. Then he showed it well in the shrine game connecting for with uh, Jelani Woods um, and Samori Toure a couple times. And, and so he'll be, like I said, he'll be an early day three guy that, like I said, like he's nothing flashy or he's nothing super sexy, but like he'll, he'll make an NFL roster. Um, and then we'll, you know, be great for content. Like the, did the Packers pick the right guy type thing? Or did <laughs> yeah. the Badgers, excuse me, pick the right guy.
1: Yeah. He seems like, like, <laughs> I don't want to say Scott Tolzien because that's kind of, but like a career backup guy that you could just have in the room and always feel comfortable, kind of yep. leaning on if you have to go to. I mean, that's yep. what and, and, like that, and
0: that's essentially what he was for the Badgers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, you know, it's, it's lazy and it's whatever, but like that's he was asked to be the point guard for an offense with an NFL running back and an NFL wide receiver, and not screwed up, and that's what he did, and that's what he will do in in the NFL, right? Like, he's not uh, he's not here to to break the game open he's going to be a point guard he's going to get the ball to the playmakers and be solid and that's that's all they really need him to do and that's all um you know i think that's something he's capable of doing and and like i said he'll be I said much i'm sure much to the chagrin of of badger fans he'll be on an nfl roster come september i guarantee you
1: yeah really i'm intrigued to see where he ends up how how he kind of plays out because it seems like just a a guy that could be a backup role for quite a long time and, and nothing wrong with making a living uh, being a backup quarterback somewhere. So it seems like in terms of names, that's probably the the group of guys that seem to be the ones projected in, in the full mock drafts of ever getting picked. Is there anyone else from UW that you see maybe being a drafted player?
0: Uh there's, there's two that, well, I'll say three. I'll really stretch it. There's three that could really come to mind. They're all going to be super late picks i would assume um scott nelson is a guy that uh we've seen some of these guys picked recently um the vikings took dan chisena from penn state uh the redskins took him a little earlier i don't think this was quite their intent when they took him but troy apke basically are like career special team guys that are like you're basically drafting a punt gunner and given scott nelson's athletic profile um you know like we heard he had a a workout with the packers like scott nelson never became what the potential of scott nelson was as a free safety for wisconsin but there were times where he objectively was a very impressive player for wisconsin uh he was just often hurt and uh it it wasn't always there right sometimes he's he's a very aggressive assertive player and sometimes that bit him in the butt a little bit would overrun things and, and would kind of miss stuff but like his athletic profile, he ran a four, three, eight. This is all these, right. These are Wisconsin pro day times, which I don't want to say like take with a grain of salt, but like they're not going to gouge their, their own guys. Right. So like four, three, eight, um, a sub four second short shuttle, which is pretty nuts. Had a six, six, two, three cone, which is like 99th percentile for that drill. That's, that's absurd. Um, 10 and a half foot broad jump nearly 40 inch vertical so like he's a guy from an athletic standpoint profile I could see a team like I don't expect him to but I've seen weirder things like if a team took him in like the late seventh round as a this is a guy that could potentially be a developmental or or at the very least like a third free safety for us but will also be on every single special team as a gunner and on kickoff and on um kick return like like one of those core special team guys at the very least like to try him out there um so he is Fayon hicks uh very similar athletic profile right obviously played corner i saw he was on a workout with the dolphins he's another guy that for like teams that want to run like heavy man-to-man covered corner stuff he's a guy that like has that athletic profile um i know eric crocker on twitter and, and on youtube uh, as a former NFL and Arena League corner, for what it's worth, I know he's been a fan of Fayon. Uh, he's a guy that, like I said, from an athletic standpoint, I could see a team taking a chance on in these seventh rounds. And essentially, again, seventh-round picks are essentially picks that teams are taking these guys that they would normally take as undrafted free agents, and that way they ensure that they get them without having to compete for them on the open market as an undrafted free agent, right? And, so, and then the, the last one would be John Chanel. Just as, as far as a, like, team that needs a fullback, there aren't very many true fullbacks in this class. Um, and, and Chanel was solid enough. Uh, he kind of looked like a uh, like a small soldier. like G.I. Joe jacked up tight dude at the, at the pro day. But had a 37-inch vertical and bench 29 times um, and has some experience running the ball. So, like, that's not going to hurt him for sure. And, um, you know, just the very few teams – there are very few teams that still employ fullbacks but there are also very few teams that still employ fullbacks at the college level. And those teams like keep coming back to the well again and again. So like, it wouldn't surprise me if John Chanel was a Raider, right? After Alec Engel got signed elsewhere, like just one of those things are like Baltimore, um, new England teams like that. Uh, those are the three. So like Hicks and Nelson as an athletic standpoint, and then John Chanel, just a like supply and demand fullback, late rounds so we don't have to take another one or don't have to compete for him in undrafted free agency
1: yeah i think all three, three of those guys make a ton of sense before we wrap up there's a few more names we'll just kind of rapid fire here danny davis anything there
0: uh xfl or usfl i do think he's, he's a very smooth athlete he's not very explosive um great catcher i saw someone put this great catcher of the football uh was not schemed open very often at Wisconsin, and I don't know if he has the juice to continually separate against other high-level athletes, but um, was a nice receiver and has great ball skills and can catch the football. Um, maybe one of those lower-level leagues would be a good spot for him. I do think he's a uh, deserves a, a look, at least at the very least, a tryout or a look in in another pro league. All right, his running mate Kendrick Pryor, very athletic, uh, was seemingly like phased out of the offense this year mm-hmm. at points. I'm not sure why. Uh, could see him getting a chance as a returner Ran a 438 had a 38 and a half inch vertical and a near 11 foot broad jump that will and a 6773 cone those will attract attention um, I, I mentioned this to you before we came on air uh, some names from the past that that Badger fans may recognize that made rookie camps in the NFL uh, despite not having probably the the resume to garner them uh, Serge Trezy and Lou Bern Figaro were both signed uh, I think, Serge was with the bears and Figaro was with the Browns as guys that uh, blew up the pro day, right. We're hyper-athletic uh, and they'll bring in to see for a rookie camp. If there's anything there. Um, I don't think Kendrick Pryor is an NFL wide receiver could latch on again, though, as an athlete could latch on in one of those two other leagues, which again, I should say like those leagues are going to be great for the game of football. And I hope they stick, right. There's more jobs yeah. for players mm-hmm. more jobs for coaches, more jobs for scouts more jobs for referees, more like just making the game better. There needs to be more opportunity and there needs to be more chances for people to play football. Um, and essentially they're all just for the NFL to pick from. Right. But like those, those opportunities need to exist to help grow the game and expand the game. Um, so like, that's not a knock at all. Like that I'm suggesting that these guys go play in a different league. I just don't know if they're NFL caliber um, at the moment. And Kendrick Pryor is an NFL caliber athlete, but I don't think he's an NFL caliber receiver um, as at least as of right now. And so hopefully he can get a chance in one of those other leagues uh, and can kind of catch on that way.
1: How about Caesar Williams? Anything there?
0: Uh, again, probably a candidate. He's got the size. He's like six foot, 190 pounds. Uh, has some cover skills. Was not very athletic. Uh, at, well, I, I, relatively at the pro day. He's a lot more athletic than I am. Um, but a 4'6", um, under a 10-foot broad jump, 32-inch vert, uh for a sixth year corner um probably limits his his suitors a bit but i think has the skills and, and played for a long time and played a lot of good football at wisconsin in a pro style defense it wouldn't surprise me if he catches on somewhere or gets a look in the usfl or the xfl one more i want to mention and i apologize if i'm, I'm stealing your next one here josh seltzner played very well at the east-west shrine game after a good week at the cg at the college gridiron showcase um Josh played at one point for the Badgers at like 330 pounds. He was 302 pounds in Las Vegas. He was like back up to 309 at the pro day. I know he said he wants to stick around that 310 mark, has kind of rebuilt his body a little bit. Um, and for an NFL team that's like a heavy zone team and and a heavy in like oddly enough to say this about a badger player, Josh Seltzer's best asset is his pass protection. Um he should also, like, he could be, I, I didn't mention him earlier, I don't think he'll get drafted, but he could certainly get signed as an undrafted free agent. Had a very good week at the Shrine Bowl, um, and probably doesn't have a ton of huge athletic upside, but, like, as an undrafted free agent or a rookie camp guy, makes a ton of sense, um, like I said, for, like, a heavy zone team uh, that also does a, quite a bit of drop back passing.
1: All right. Well, there you have it, folks. That's kind of a wrap up on everybody. That's part of this Wisconsin program that we've, that at least I've got written down. Hopefully I didn't miss anybody major that way. Um, but certainly going to be an exciting time for Wisconsin football. Looking forward to seeing where all of these guys end up with new homes. So before we get out of here, Owen, shout out where people can find your work. Of course they know B5Q, but anywhere else you want to give a plug to to check out as we get closer to the NFL draft.
0: Sure. Um, yeah. I, uh, haven't done quite as much um, as I have in the past, uh, given like actual draft work. Um, hey, I have the rest of the Badger stuff coming out, the Badger reports as well, uh, as you mentioned, kind of uh, spoiled earlier. Um, do have a, 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 do this every year, a Badger-specific mock draft, right? So only the ones where Badgers get picked. Um, that'll be coming out on Bucky's fifth quarter as well. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Reece Draft. It's R-I-E-S-E Draft. Um, As we get closer and closer to the draft here, uh, I'm sure I'll have some takes, Packers takes on who they should and should not take. Um, We'll see how those goes. Uh, We'll see how or those go or that goes. Um, Easy for me to say. Other than that, it's been kind of weird because truthfully, like normally, I've been like this is where I really like gear up and I'm very very focused on that. Um, With uh, Optimum and the stuff I'm doing, we're actually already onto the 2023 class, so it's a very odd. Feeling for me, like I was more blind to other parts of the country this year than I've ever been in the past, just due to um, like a Saturday for me, like I would be, I would watch the Badgers and the ACC. So like, I have very little knowledge of the West coast or very little knowledge of some other stuff. So the draft will be a little bit different for me this year. Um, and like I said, kind of already focusing on, on 2023 guys for the shrine game. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great time of year. Uh, the, the weather's starting to get nice. Um, every NFL team is excited because they're about to add new players to their team. Um, and also every fan is excited to get mad that they didn't add the guys that they think they should get right. So, uh, it's a great time of the year. The weather's starting to get nice. Um, the brewers are about to get hot here and, uh, what else could you want? You know?
1: Exactly. Exactly. I'm sure, I'm sure Packers Twitter will be a fun one, real fun one to, to see how that'll go over the next course or the, over the course of these next couple weeks. So, Um, All right, Badger fans, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. We'll be back with you um, later in this week or after the NFL draft, kind of recapping everything, not catching you up on anything news related. But as always, thank you guys for listening on Wisconsin.